0: Hello again, it's Chapo Trap House coming at you Thursday, November 17th. Uh, before we get into it today, it's a big day of plugs, plugs, plugs. That's right. We are announcing today, as you might have seen on Twitter, uh, the launch of a new Chapo miniseries. That's right. It's Hell on Earth. We are branching into the World of History podcasts. So, you know, Duncan, Wyman, we're coming for you. Hell on Earth is coming soon. It is a brainchild of Chris and Matt. It is a podcast about the 30 Years War. Boy, that's the longest war since the 100 Years War, folks. Am I right? Uh, I've, I've been treated to uh, a recording of some of these episodes. I was you know in the background, and I can say, you are going to love this new podcast about the 30 Years War. But our, our wonderful offers don't just stop there. We are announcing um, an annual membership an annual membership discount. You'll be able uh, to, for the next week from uh, today, the 17th to the 24th, you'll be able to subscribe at a one-time only discount of 12%, or $52.80 for an entire year of our Patreon bonus episodes. So, uh, and then also starting now and including... All of the bonus content that we're planning, including Hell on Earth, uh, that will work out to less than 75 cents an episode and probably less, including all the material we hope to get out in the next year, including uh, today the launch of a new season of Hinge Points with Matt Christman and Danny Bessner. So we've got a lot of cool stuff coming for you. Uh, m- you know, I'm most excited about Hell on Earth, the 30 years war. Matt and Chris, is there anything you want to say about the 30 years war before we dive into it today? Uh, it's pretty fucking gnarly, folks. It's the most metal war, I would argue. It's
1: like if you're a fan of, uh, of big, fat, crunchy uh, riffs and black mascara, it's the war for you.
0: Uh, but, you know, as you said, the 30 years war, this is a, uh, a story about climate change, the birth of capitalism and uh, medieval QAnon. So there is uh, there's it's true. Of- there's a
1: medieval QAnon, folks. Get in there,
0: folks. Have you heard about the Rosicrucians? They're, they run the world secretly. Rosicrucians are in control. So yeah, please take advantage of the, uh, the the limited time offer for a monthly Chapo subscription. Save some money on those premium episodes and all the exciting bonus content that we have coming for you. Um, and as long as we're plugging things today, I would just like to wish a happy uh, 80th birthday to America's greatest living artist, Martin Scorsese. How can you celebrate his birth? Well, by buying the new Arrow Blu-ray 4K edition of The Wolf of Wall Street, which includes... An essay by yours truly. That's right. Will Medecker Movie Mindset has been brought into the Arrow Blu-ray DVD family in my tribute to the great master Martin Scorsese. So if you're a fan of movies and The Wolf of Wall Street, you could not do better for yourself than buying this crisp new edition steelbook fucking uh essays lots of bonuses but mainly an essay from yours truly that i'm quite proud of so if you're looking for a perfect gift for this christmas uh check out the wolf of wall street arrow edition blu-ray 4k edition so plugs out of the way fellas should we start the show do it All right. Well, before we get into the uh, political news, I thought we would uh, start off today with a little, a little animal news. You know, we're, we are we are known for our love of the animal world, but you know, I feel like I've been slacking off in following the uh, current events as it relates to animals. So I just like to kick off today's episode with uh, two stories. Uh, the first one is a look at the Ursine agenda. That's right. We're talking about the boss. Not Bruce Springsteen, but no, Banff National Park's dominant male grizzly. Uh, Just an update on the life of uh, Bear122, as he's known. He was uh, spotted recently in in, uh, Banff National Park in Canada and is in good health. Uh, Just reading here. And I'd like to thank dads and grads on Instagram for sending me this story. Just a little update about the life of bears in North America. Um... It says here, a few words about The Boss, whose reputation remains legendary among those who track the park's bears. The Boss is weighing in at approximately 650 to 700 pounds, is believed to be about 20 years old, making him an elder statesman at Banff National Park. He's considered to have a home range of more than 2,500 square kilometers. He's eaten a black bear and also been shrugged off being struck by a train and still uses the railways for travel and foraging. He has also been busy. Uh, Quote, We have some DNA results that show that the boss has sired the majority of cubs in our Bow Valley Banff population, said David Laskin, a Parks Canada wildlife specialist in the Lake Lucy, Yoho, and Kootenay field, field unit. Carolyn Campbell, Conservation director with the Alberta Wilderness Association said photos like those gathered by Bantle remind Albertans of the need to conserve the habitat of the grizzly bear. What a privilege that we can see photos of such a magnificent grizzly bear. He's just a big old male bear with such a life history, Campbell said. There are some signs that the bear populations are stable and growing in some parts of the province. But in other areas, it's far from clear. Campbell said Albertans should be respectful of habitats, keep a respectful distance and be careful with food so as to reduce potential conflict with bears. So just like to give a hearty uh, Chapo Trap House congratulations to the boss, Bear 122. Uh, He's gotten hit by a train. He's fucking a lot. He's siring many, many children, just like Elon Musk. But unlike Elon Musk, he didn't get abused by his father because he's a bad son. <laughs> Unlike Elon Musk, who would not get survived. survive. Something that only only happens to the worst children. <laughs> also, uh, so he departs uh, starts from Elon Musk just slightly because if Elon Musk were struck by a train, he would almost certainly not survive. So once again, big shout out to uh, the boss of Banff National Park in Alberta, Canada. Uh, Boys, how do you feel about um, the boss and the fact that he eats other bears to to, to fund, to fill his lifelong quest to sire more brown bears?
2: Well, I don't like that he does it, but, you know, (laughs) it's a cruel world out there, you know. (laughs) Speaking of old, decrepit animals who are eating the older animals, smaller bears, smaller bears who've fucked a lot and created more bears.
0: Nancy Pelosi is stepping down for Hakeem Jeffries. (laughs) I have uh, have pieces. That's how you hit a segue. (laughs) I'm ready to go on uh, Nancy and uh, Hakeem Jeffries. But uh, before we get to there, just uh, one more animal story for you guys. This is of particular interest to our listeners in uh, Northwest Ohio. I'm pleased to report that about 10,000 mink are running loose in your part of the country. The Van Wert County Sheriff said a local highway had to be cleared of dead mink and warned residents not to try to capture the animals on their own. This comes courtesy of the New York Times. It says officials in Northwest Ohio have cleared dead mink from a highway and are warning residents that the hungry animals could seek out their pets and livestock for meals after some 10,000 of the sleek creatures escaped from a farm on Tuesday. The owner of Lion Farms USA Mink Farm in Hoagland Township, which is about 150 miles north of Cincinnati and near Ohio's border with Indiana, told the Van Wert County Sheriff's Office on Tuesday morning that someone had broken into the farm and opened cages that held between 25,000 and 40,000 mink. Uh, Sheriff Thomas Riggenbach of Van Wert County said that by Tuesday afternoon, farm employees had corralled most of the mink, but he advised residents that there were still about 10,000 mink unaccounted for. So... Chapo listeners in Northwest Ohio, there's just free minks out there. So I know I know I know the county sheriff has advised you not to try to capture any minks, but this is free minks right there. So if you're in Northwest Ohio, uh, Chapo Trap House would love nothing more than a free mink. So if you capture a mink, um, you know, first of all, be nice to the mink. And, you know, uh, we'll work on how to uh, how postage will work out mailing it to uh, New York or Los Angeles. But Felix, wouldn't you like a free mink from Northwest Ohio? I would I mean I'd prefer to get one from a breeder,
2: but I will I'll take a rescue mink so my um, pedigreed mink can have a friend. Um, I'm confused by them saying like they'll eat your pets. If your dog loses to a mink, like you're doing it a favor. Yeah. Put it out of its <laughs> that misery. That dog needs to go. Kill it with a shotgun. Yeah, that's a the minks are very small. They're amazing animals. You know, one way to know that you have a mink and not a sable is he likes to swim. Sables are afraid of water. They don't like getting wet, but minks you, you you put them in a little tub or a pool or a hot tub or a water slide they're, they're squirming all over the place. They're like a furry little worm in there. <laughs> they're going crazy. they love it um, but yeah, we would love we would love a mink. we'd love an office mink um, we'd love a Los Angeles mink and a New York one. We'd love to have all three minks uh, meet each other once a year to breed. Um, they're amazing animals. I assumed that the mink farm was farming them for their oil. Oh, people put uh, mink oil on boots. Really? But I would assume um, we'd be
0: farming them for their, for their pelts to make, you know, the coats and whatnot.
2: I don't. Yeah. I mean, the fur trade isn't what it used to be. Mink oil is like a pretty big deal for, um, leather up. Do update. you have to kill a mink like to get, you get its oil? boots,
0: Or can you just sort of wring it
2: out? I believe so. Uh, yeah. Okay. So they're still, they're still slaughtering these minks. <laughs> <vics. laughs> It'd be funny if you could just ring it out, if you could have some sort of deal where you pay the mink a wage for its oil, but that is not the case.
0: Well, you know, if you get a free mink from Northwest Ohio. we got to make a deal with the minks, folks. <laughs> it, well, if you get one of these free minks that are wandering around Northwest Ohio right now, um, just sort of like, uh, just wear your boots around the house and hopefully the mink will sort of run over your shoes, sort of nuzzle up against it, and you'll get some free mink oil uh, without having to wring its little neck. Uh, Just remember, minks are for hot tubs and pools and water slides, not for coats or or boots. So just something to keep in mind there.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, speaking speaking of long, oily animals (laughs) that love hot tubs...
0: Hakeem Jeffries (laughs) is the new House minority leader. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, let's get into the uh, political news of the day. We've got uh, Pelosi stepping down as uh, leader of the uh, House Speaker. I'm just reading here from uh, New York magazine. Nancy Pelosi's historic tenure as the Democratic Party's longest serving House leader is coming to an end. The 82-year-old California Democrat who became the first female Speaker of the House in 2007 and has since served on and off in that position announced on Thursday that she won't seek re-election to the Democratic leadership in the next Congress. For me... The hours come for a new generation to lead the Democratic Caucus that I so deeply respect," she said in a speech. "Am I grateful that so many are ready? To, and I am, and I am grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility. So, uh, cheers to the direct action taken by that uh, gay prostitute to uh, get this old bag out of there. Akeem Jeffries will be the <laughs> the target of the next hammer-related uh, home invasion.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, like I said. If you loved the pure stasis of the Obama years, but hated his ability to communicate <laughs> and any charisma he had, boy, are you in for a treat. I didn't realize this. Hakeem Jeffries did a um, uh, an interview with, uh, I think he's at Politico now, the Politico DNC mouthpiece. A- yes, Isaac Edward Devor, Isaac
0: Devo- Ed DeVore fetish. Whatever.
2: Yeah, the guy, another hyphenated name guy, the Isaac DeVore something, <laughs> um, where he... I mean, it's pretty, it seems like a pretty explicit reference to us. The thing that he (laughs) says, he said he's, yeah, he was like, um, you know, Hey, I, I'm, I care about economic and racial stuff, but I'll never bend the knee to hard left democratic socialists. Yes, oh, this from, is uh, so awesome.
0: From, from the DeVore Fetish article in uh, The Atlantic, I believe, he says, there's a difference between progressive Democrats and hard left democratic socialists, he told me. It's not a distinction that I'm drawing. They draw that distinction. And so clearly, I'm a black progressive Democrat concerned with addressing racial and social and economic injustice with the fierce urgency of now. That's been my career. That's been my journey. And it will continue to be as I move forward for however long I have an opportunity to serve. There will never be a moment where I bend the knee to hard left democratic socialism. he goes, oh, he goes on to write uh, Jeffries likes that phrase bend the knee he took it from Game of Thrones no he didn't bitch he took it from no, us no he did not Fuck we off. took it no, from Game of no, Thrones
1: no, yes. no
2: no we took it from the, no we didn't take it from Game of Thrones we took it from the thing that we like to make women do at gunpoint <laughs> that's the reason we said it not because it's a TV show but because we love doing Me Too yeah um, Jeffries is I I said this before you know he was uh, he he was crowned the successor. He's like J Rock from Trailer Park Boys, but for being Jewish. <laughs> he wishes he was Jewish.
0: Him He's, and Richie he Torres, to be a
2: Jewish man. When him and Richie Torres, when um Jeffries was in the process of um losing all those New York House races, he said we have to speak Yiddish, not Hebrew. To which everyone replied, "What?" To uh,
0: and subsequently lost all their swing districts. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, Akeem Jeffries as uh, J-Rock from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> New York State used to be blue. If it happened to me, it could happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: New York House Democrats should be put in that medieval thing where it's like a board with holes for your head and hands and people throw AIDS, tomatoes yeah. at you. I don't know. Yeah. How did he... Like, you had... Talk about a localized red wave. The things that Republicans were saying was were gonna happen in the midterms for two years, they only happened in Florida and Long Island.
0: <laughs> yeah. How did you do that? You suck. Well, yeah. I mean, like and and you know, I mean, look. Nancy Pelosi, we've heard a lot, a lot to her career as the Speaker of the House, one of the most effective speakers of the House, one of the most one of the most gifted legislators of all time. And, you know, like in a certain sense, she was one of like a, a very successful Democratic speaker of the House because she has been, you know, one of the most reliable enemies of progress in this country for her, her entire tenure in government. And Hakeem Jeffries will be no different. This guy really is the perfect standard bearer for the modern Democratic Party. And you could talk about what a phony he is, but I mean, phoniness is the brand. I just want to read a little bit more from uh, the Vorfetish Fetish article. I mean, he says, uh, I, I'd argue he's way
2: worse than Pelosi, both as far as like uh, effectiveness. and. For oh yeah, life. a
1: huge downgrade. Yes, Pelosi. Would, uh, with her yeah, being Pol- 8 million years old and under constant hammer attack, still more competent, uh, better at the job than he'll be. Amazing. They, 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 have they, have yeah, no, de-gerontocratized yeah. and still got worse in the leadership position. Yeah, no, Pelosi, OK, Pelosi was hostile to the left, but
2: at the end of the day, realized how many progressives there were in the House and realized the need to sort of at at some point, like achieve some sort of consensus position or leadership, uh, uh, like some sort of leadership concessions or committee appointments. Jeffries is just completely insane. Like the first thing he says in
1: this article is about a podcast. Like, <laughs> like, come on. He's out of his mind. I can't
0: wait till we get attained by the
1: House of Representatives.
0: <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yeah, uh, No, there's uh, some there's some more stuff about Jeffries here. He says, uh, it says, Jeffries likes that phrase, bend the knee. He took it from Game of Thrones. Again, not true. Uh, he says black progressives no. do tend to tackle issues first and foremost with an understanding that systemic racism has been in the soil of America for over 400 years. He said hard left progressives tend to take the view that the defining problem in America is one that is anchored in class. That is not my experience as a black man in this country. And perhaps that's number one receiver of hedge fund donations of anyone in Congress
1: yeah what have what have you what what is he done uh on the systemic racism yeah where's, well, where's the about progress about when they there, ne- is he talking
2: about is he talking about when they kneeled with kente cloth is that him taking that on god that, is that a legislative accomplishment the urgency
0: though was so fierce the, the fierce urgency of now that was a very fierce urgency <laughs> yeah uh, that was 400 years in the making he goes Or perhaps a number of Jeffrey's wary activists told me politicians on the left think he enjoys picking fights with them. Or perhaps one Democratic representative who's not close to the Jeffrey's told me they're just expressing the natural suspicion that people who aren't in leadership have of those who are. Uh, Another really uh, great uh, uh, segment from this piece here. It says here, uh, he's taking Edward Edward Vor fetish around uh, his neighborhood in Brooklyn. And it says here, all the changes in Jeffrey's neighborhood and his career haven't changed him, he insisted. He's still the guy who brings in a DJ for his signature hip hop on the hill event in Washington, (laughs) who quoted a biggie lyric as a a prosecutor for Trump's first impeachment, who has, if you don't know, now you know, embroidered on a throw pillow in his DC office god this guy's per- so he's a 31 year old white
2: <laughs> woman who goes to the farmer's market this is he is put on put your hair in a bun put on some gangster rap and handle it <laughs> go to apac and handle
0: it he is the he is like uh he is the he is a, he is like a um one of those gentrifying murals in brooklyn of like biggie you know it spread love it's the brooklyn way just made flesh no yeah th- this is
2: um well okay you know how i said that uh Donald Trump would smoke Ron DeSantis in an Israel contest. (laughs) You know who would smoke them both? Hakeem Jeffries. Probably the most, probably the most like above and beyond the call of duty
0: pro Israel Democrat in leadership, I would say. Well, he's got the reins. He's got the, he's got the reins now. Uh, But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, if you read this, the, the Devore article, it's like, it it, it just, it's a, it's a good indication of just how meaningless the word progressive is. He's like, look, I'm a progressive Democrat, I'm not a dem- hard left Democratic Socialist Democrat. It's just like, I, I don't know. I mean, like it's just at a certain point, like I think in the Bush years, like the liberals decided that liberal was a dirty word. And now they're, they're calling themselves progressive. But, you know, like the article does say, uh, all right, you know, before before we get too hard on them, the article does make very clear he definitely supports Medicare for all. Right.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I wonder if there's I wonder if there's footage of Nancy Pelosi saying that we need single payer health care <laughs> from 30 years ago.
0: Um, the article makes no mention of his I mean, it says that, like, you know, his top donors are from like hedge funds and things like that. But like uh, the the vor fetish guy is just like it seems like he agrees with House progressives and the, you know, justice Democrats more than he disagrees with them. So why all the beef? Why is everyone so angry at this guy?
2: The Vore fetish is just one of the biggest dick riders for Democratic leadership that there is in journalism. He was the only guy. He was the only guy that like John Delaney could go to to get a quote out during the primary. <laughs> Him and us. Like Once again, ago. and
0: us too. He's following. He's dick riding us. Yeah, he's following us, us on the Delaney train. Yeah. Uh, you know, but like I, I, the fact that he's a New York House Democrat is is so funny because like we were talking the other day about how yeah like about the red wave only hit New York. And it only seemed to hit the districts of people who like went all in on like, hey, we're just so you know, we're not defunding the police, and like the state Democratic Party of New York is like not a party, like they, they do not function at all like a political party because their only function is to, uh, you know, just essentially defenestrate any kind of uh, left wing pressure uh, that they Keep get. Keep their and phony they're very baloney at jobs that.
1: at all costs. Yeah. Why would they want to get more Democrats elected? They are competing with them. For fucking money and, and influence and, and donations, fuck off! Get out of here! Let me be the, my, my little the the king. Fewer the better. Uh, I saw an amazing yep. map that showed that uh, the uh, county in New York or county in Pennsylvania that uh, ran hardest like against the current of of Shapiro and Fetterman and four Republicans was the one that was in uh, like on the border with New Jersey in the New York media market. Yep. Like if you were getting New York media, you you were essentially were being told by both sides. That you should vote for a Republican. The the New
2: York Democratic Party is like it, it's like the early Ottoman succession uh, succession yes. scheme <laughs> where <laughs> brothers would be kept apart from each other and uh, taught to wage civil war. Yep. So the winner would be crowned sultan. But for about, I would say, under two hundred thousand dollars a year. In yeah, that's it. For incredibly low stakes.
0: So then, would that make Sean McElwee a big, like a Janissary? He's like a big boy that they've abducted and, and taught to fight for them.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would love to see yeah, him in one he's of those like a ja- he, uh,
2: Yeah, he's like a Janissary who tried to make a play and like got castrated.
0: <laughs> now you're a eunuch now. Hold this fan. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, best of luck to Hakeem Jeffries and a uh, fond farewell to to Nancy. I mean, whatever. I mean, she's still going to be in government. She's just losing. I mean, she's just right, stepping right. down from the uh, the leadership role and handing head, it off to the to the young blood whose brain is even older than hers. I mean, that, that's the great part. He's like, we have to make way for new leadership who's somehow their behavior and personality is is of a 90-year-old woman instead of an 80-year-old woman. Yeah, no,
2: he— he has the exact positions of fucking Scoop Jackson, who would be one hundred and twenty if you're alive today. It, it, I, I um, did. You see what uh, erstwhile disappointment uh, Jamel Bowman said about what, all this? Uh, you know, they asked him, like, you know, hey, Hakeem Jeffries has been like very hostile to the left wing of the party, even, you know, very compliant house progressives. What do you think about him being elevated to leadership? And he went, two leaders from New York? That's gangster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fucking, dude, oh, my God. Fucking dude. Oh, my God. Homer Simpson's brain.
0: Could you hold still, please, sir? That's what I got to say to that. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean. Take the crown out. I mean, it's just it, it's funny because, like, we, we've, we've been talking for years now about how these people have won everything, have, like, conclusively just castrated the left in this country. And the House Progressive Caucus is about as housebroken as it fucking gets with their fucking, uh, the, the Ukraine statement. Uh, they were like, hey, I think we should try negotiating an end to this war. And they were like, nope, sorry. An intern sent that out. Um, but yeah, like, so it's, it's, it's funny, like, I mean, that this guy is still, I mean, he's now has his leadership role because of how, you know, that he's going to whip them into shape. It's like, dude, they're already doing pushups for you, man. They're already asking you how high.
2: Yeah, th- this election disproved you know shorism and the idea that we you know that that democrats should constantly be talking about how no actually we want to triple fund the police and all the all all this all this bullshit it conclusively disproved that and the reaction is just the same you know they were going to do this no matter what they were going to put someone exactly this hostile in no matter what
0: all right well moving on from uh the democratic leadership let's talk about the republican leadership Trump announced that he is running for president in 2024. Uh, did you guys? It was, he spoke for an hour, but I think the, the the general consensus review of this speech is low energy. He did not seem, you know, I I, I watched Ooh. some of it. He did not really. I, I didn't see that spark. He, I didn't see that old Trump magic anymore. And, you know, this comes on the heels of uh, Ivanka and Jared saying, look, uh, we're, we're bowing out of helping him in the 2024 run, which people are interpreting as some sort of like, oh, this is another ding in Trump's armor. But I'm telling you, getting rid of the two biggest losers in your family who are like just dead weight dragging your campaign down. I think this is a very smart move on behalf of Trump for, di- I mean... They'll, they'll say that Ivanka like, you know, she's like, Oh, I'm making the decision not to participate in this re-election campaign. No, the, this campaign in 2024. But I mean, those two losers, get them the fuck out of here.
2: Yeah. I mean, the base is ambivalent to them or hates them. Um, I will, I mean, I do kind of think it's a, it's a conscious decision by Jared and Ivanka to like uh, on their unending quest to become normal. Yeah. This is part of it. This is certainly a decision by them. Um, the most important sign that I saw, uh, if you are DeSantis positive, if you are, you know, you're just, you're, you're, you're pining for him. Ben Garrison yep. has stopped yeah. Trump as buff and drew Trump as an albatross around the neck of the Republican party. That is, that is the first sign because like, you know, when Candace Owens or like the fucking Jesse Kelly or any of those fucking losers are like, I you know, I think DeSantis is more professional. I don't care. That doesn't mean anything. Ben Garrison is actually way more of a reliable thermometer of the average voter. That's actually something that actually makes me think that this might actually be a race. I mean, if nothing else, it shows how badly Trump bricked with that incredibly low energy, greatest hits, fat Elvis period (laughs) speech.
1: I mean, it's going to it's going to be a challenge for him like. It's going to be the competition between his innate laziness and his spite. Because like, if he really wants to own uh, Ron DeSanctimonious and and banish the haters, he's going to have to step it up. He's going to have to get back the energy. He's going to have to get back on the -the over-the-counter Sudafed that he's been. Uh, Maybe he stopped taking. I don't know. He's got to get back on that shit.
2: He has to gain the weight back. He lost this weight, and he looks weird as fuck his eye his eye looks like a horse pussy <laughs> his, his 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 neck looks like a relief map it's disgusting he has to get 20 pounds fatter i think he has long covid he might
0: uh, the the one i guess like uh, policy policy of note from this speech is you know tw- 2016 that was build the wall right and he 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 he, he said the thing that Republican politicians were always supposed to sort of like hide the football on. And he's going right at, you know, uh, immigrants from Central and South America, build the wall. His big exciting pitch this time is executing drug dealers. And I got to say, like, this is this is a retread. This seems very like 90s, late 80s kind of, you know, uh, like, culture, like red meat political campaign stuff. Like, hey, we're going to be we're going to hang uh, fentanyl dealers or whatever. What, what did you guys make of that?
1: I mean, I think I mean, it's his Duterte era and it makes sense if, as I think is evident, you know, the only real meat to politics left, the only thing to invest in voting one way or the other is, is to see your enemies uh, publicly uh, destroyed by the state on your behalf, then the the promise of, of just like uh, same day executions for drug dealers hopefully televised that'll probably be uh he's saving that for the primaries uh that certainly it's 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 an it's it's an incentive hey vote for trump and you'll get to just sit there in your house and imagine all the drug dealers getting lined up and shot
2: yeah i mean
1: it's we saw him do versions of this as early
2: as you know 2015 um it does seem like he's he's gearing towards making fentanyl the sort of centerpiece of everything, the way that immigration was in 2016 and 2017. I think it's just not enough because the big thing, the big thing that helped him with immigration was that he could use it as a cudgel against any establishment Republican or any not so establishment Republican. You could kind of do anything to make the case that like even Ted Cruz was sort of dovish on immigration uh, because at some point the, the white whale of every Senate Republican was to achieve an immigration compromise, even if they were an extreme immigration hawk. Um, This, I don't know, maybe he'll find a way to say that Ron DeSantis is soft on fentanyl. I don't know. Certainly he's shown a capability to pull things out of his ass and connect things to connect people to things that they're not necessarily connected to. But I think he needs something more visceral than that. Um, I will not count him out though, because, um, I don't know. I just I have too many memories of the 2016 primary where he was supposedly bricking and supposedly falling behind Ben Carson and all these things were supposed to happen with a primary. It's the opposite of how he faces real work with the primary. He gets stronger the longer it goes on. So I think we're going to see his worst work in these first few months. And then as it goes down the stretch, he he's probably going to find his fastball again. Uh- and he, he's certainly going up against someone who doesn't have that
1: great of, an, uh, of a capability to attack him for multiple Lebron, reasons. Yeah. LeBron I mean, that's true. I mean, unless he wants to go in on the vaccine stuff, but I mean, everyone's decided they're just going to pretend COVID never happened. Uh, so he can't really go with that. I, it, it is going to be interesting though, because we're going to see in this primary, especially if it really is a one-to-one showdown, which you never really got until it was too late uh, in 2016, but uh, between DeSantis and Trump, you're going to see the the emergence within the Republican party of the educational divergence that you're now seeing over the last five years between the Republicans and Democrats. And Trump is going to be the non-college candidate uh, and DeSantos is going to be the candidate of the college educated Republicans. And if that's the case, if that divide shapes up and it is like there's one guy for the people who want to like take it seriously and there's one guy for the people who just kind of want uh, a, a theatrics of politics, uh, then I don't know, maybe, maybe DeSantis has a chance there. I
2: will say this about um, college educated, the the more collegey candidate in presidential primaries, they seem to suffer from something that's close to a political Madden curse where the earlier you crown them, the worse for that's it, true. It, it, that ultimately is for them. I could see, I could see it being, you know, a year from now, and it's hilarious that we ever thought DeSantis was, you know, a tier one. Especially
1: candidate. if people feel like th- they're possible. having him stuffed down their throat, which it already yep. feels like is happening. Well,
0: I mean, we're seeing a a retread of the 2016 primary where, like, all the Murdoch press and the National Review are, are replaying the same. Like, they're coming out, you know, no, no to Trump. You know, it's a, a Florida man makes announcement was like the below the below the fold headline of the New York post and like, oh, above <laughs> displayed beneath their headline story, which is like some child's clothing soaked in blood. Cause there's some latest grisly shooting or crime that happened. But yeah, like national review too, they just came out with their no to Trump in 2024, uh, editorial. And the thing is like, we, we saw how well that worked the last time. Is that like, you want to talk about bending the knee, man, those guys, right. <laughs> they, they all tried to corral their, their feral supporters who just simply weren't having it. The difference is this time, is that he will face a unified conservative media that is against him. But also keep in mind, he has built up his own kind of like parallel conservative media that's for him. But keep in mind though, that like in 2016, like there was no evidence of him actually being president. And forget that, there was no evidence of him losing a presidential race. So, I think in this time it may be a little bit uh, like he's he's going to face a stronger headwind with the, like the Murdoch press and the right wing media and the right wing establishment being opposed to him because they can point to an actual track record of failure, not just like, oh, like this guy's too indecent to be president.
2: OK, my counterpoint to that, though, would be that no matter how shitty Trump campaigns, no matter how poorly run things actually are and how low energy he actually is, his people show up. Mm-hmm. They show up no matter what. I think 20 his 2020 campaign was one of the worst run presidential reelection campaigns ever, ever. We can safely say that. And he, he came pretty damn close, at least in the electoral college. Yeah. He, he His people, he has a baseline of people that are going to show up for him. And we don't know if they're going to show up for anyone else. If the mood, if we have the same mood of Republicans who are like doing the same calculus that Democratic voters did in the 2020 primary, where all they thought about was who can beat Trump? Who are other people going to vote for? I know that I would vote for him, but I'd also vote for Sanders or whoever. But would other people vote for this guy? That was the the calculus that helped put Biden over the edge and bring him back to life. Are Republican voters the type of voters that would make that calculus? I I don't know. If they are, you know that's great for DeSantis because he's he's certainly that's the biggest argument for him so far. But it's also not true. He pulls significantly worse against Biden than Trump does. And it's not just name recognition. he he lacks a lot of the positives that Trump has. Trump is both the, the worst and best thing for that party.
0: I thought I would uh, read from the, uh, the the editors of the National Review, and they're uh, just this week they came out with a an editorial just simply titled "No" <laughs> about Trump in twenty twenty four. So they're, they're I mean like yeah like they they did it was the cover of the National Review it was just like back in twenty sixteen was like when they when they put out all the all stars like Glenn Beck and William Crystal, to be like no. Simply, we are standing athwart this election saying no to Donald Trump. And they're doing it again in November 15th of 2022. Uh, This, of course, like any good National Review or really any article written uh, or any opinion piece written by any conservative, it has to begin with a quote. And they begin "To to paraphrase Voltaire after he attended an orgy. Once was an experiment. Twice would be perverse. This is uh <laughs> yeah. This is this is this is really this is really
2: hitting with every guy who tried to file an injunction to get his family to invite him to Thanksgiving. <laughs> the yeah, GOP uh, presidential primary biz.
0: He <laughs> uh, says here, a bruised Donald Trump announced a new presidential bid on Tuesday night, an invitation to double down on the outrages and failures of the last several years that Republicans should reject without a hesitation or doubt. To his credit. Trump killed off the Clinton dynasty in 2016, nominated and got confirmed three constitutional justices, reformed taxes, pushed deregulation, got control of the border, significantly degraded ISIS in Syria and Iraq, and cinched normalization deals between Israel and the Gulf states, among other things. Well, I mean, if that's. If, if that's sort of like, oh, well, we got to give the guy his credit, he, he, he you know, continued to uh, slash taxes for the wealthy by trillions of dollars, uh, get a fucking uh, death grip on the Supreme Court for a generation and, oh, I don't know, defeat ISIS in Syria. How would they not support this guy to run for fucking fucking reelection? Jesus Christ, this is like the laundry list of Republican successes that they could if any other candidate could could muster that level of accomplishment, they'd be. They'd be riding his dick like fucking secretariat. Uh, Yeah, he defeated
2: ISIS in Syria because due to a a weird clause in New York electoral law, he won the presidency and also the chairmanship of Hezbollah and the IRGC.
0: Uh, You know, okay. like uh, they're going to say that said, the Trump administration was chaotic even on its best days because of his erratic nature and lack of seriousness. He often acted as if he were a commander of a commentator on his own presidency and issued orders on Twitter and in other off the cuff statements that were ignored. He repeatedly had to be talked out of disastrous ideas by his advisors and Republican elected officials. He turned on cabinet officials and aides on a dime. Trump had a limited understanding of our constitutional system. And at the end of the day, little respect for it. His inability to approximate the conduct that public expects of a president undermined him from beginning to end. I mean, just like, Once again, saying that he has no respect for or understanding of our constitutional system really seems like a strength rather than a liability when it comes to any politician, but certainly a Republican one. And, like, you know, the only thing that counts is that he got those Supreme Court justices on the court. So, I mean, like, that—that there's his love of the Constitution right there. He appointed four constitutional justices. So, again, I don't know what they're bitching about here. It's just like, oh, he was erratic and off the cuff. I mean, like as I He's said embarrassing. before, like those, He's those embarrassing are his friends.
1: They couldn't, they, yeah, but not if not amongst the, the people they hang out with. It's something that they have to justify and they have to squirm under the gaze of of their liberal friends who are all exactly the same as them.
0: Uh, going on, and also,
1: I, I at this point though, I mean, they, what they should really be arguing is that the fact that he won't shut the fuck up about the last election is the biggest problem with him as a candidate.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that uh, okay, so. <sighs> There was a there was some some kind of electoral effect against like the election denier candidates. Right. We saw it most prominently with uh, Doug Mas- uh, Mangiano's yeah, Absolutely whatever. And yeah. In, 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 yeah. And I think, OK, people have liked to argue that it's because voters care a lot about democracy. <laughs> Maybe. I think a bigger aspect is that when you keep talking about it, you come off like a fucking loser. you're whining. Yep. <laughs> You're reminding people of what a loser you are.
0: It's it's uh, yeah, it's 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 arguing with the refs. you know, saying, oh, we were robbed because, you know, that was a roughing the passer penalty that wasn't called or whatever. You know, it's like you still lost. You still fucking lost. And, you know, as the, the, the Roger Stone, Alex Jones thing, it may it may demobilize the people who take it very literally instead of metaphorically. And, you know, was it, uh, Felix, did you see, that, uh, Yeah, that did you see, um, uh, the rapper Plies on Twitter? He's, he's always got some great push, but he was just like, he was like, how are you going to say the election is rigged and then go back and run for another fucking presidential campaign? He's like, he's like, that's like getting, he's like, that's like, <laughs> yeah. that's like fucking a woman getting an STD from her and then going back for some more pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, well maybe they should
0: hold early voting on good pussy Wednesday.
2: Why his <laughs> favorite day of the week? Um, yeah, I, I To to rewind a little bit in the article, um, you know, they they talk a lot about like the drama of the Trump presidency, right? And we've made made a big deal about how one of the hidden factors or maybe not so hidden now factors of the Biden success, you know, the greatest Democratic midterm since fucking JFK uh, winning the presidency, everything, um, is that he advertises openly there's no more drama. You're not going to have to read the fucking news all the time. Conversely, though, is there is there something in the Trump base where they enjoy the drama? Yes. Yeah. It's exci- I mean, do you remember do you remember what Roseanne said about QAnon? She said it's like being part of an action movie yeah. with all your friends. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I really do think that is a big part of the Trump phenomenon is that it's an exciting adventure for people who uh, maybe are in the autumn of their yeah, year. Yeah, bored, he's, in, lonely. he's inviting
0: you inside, like, be, like you know, sort of behind the, the green door and invites you to like, you know, at his rallies or whatever. I mean, he doesn't want to have anything to do with these people, obviously. But it's not very much like the pitch of like, hey, the adults are in charge. They're like, no, we're having a sleepover. We're playing video games and drinking soda all night long. Come on. It's fun. It's awesome.
2: Yeah. We're going to, we're going to like find fucking buried pirate treasure. We're going to find a dead body at the train tracks. We're going to (laughs) take, we're going to find Look how much, look, these people learned more about the administrative state by accident than anyone in in the history of
0: modern American elections.
2: And DeSantis will never match that. He's never going to provide
0: the same excitement. Ever, Laron only has Mickey Mouse wins against Andrew Gillum uh, who's reportedly a crackhead. <laughs> who later turned out to be a crackhead. Did you see yeah. Trump's <laughs> post about that? He was like he was like and he's yeah. right. He gave him that victory. Laron, he gave him that victory by supporting him against Which <laughs> Andrew by the Gillum, way, Cock in parentheses, who later turned out to be a crackhead.
1: <laughs> What's wild is in that yeah, well, in that well, statement he also implies and it's amazing how everyone just ignored this cuz it's like at a certain point you just can't you can't be piling on things to concern yourself with. He implies that there was an attempt to steal the election from Ron DeSantos that he stopped. Yep. He like sent his election integrity uh, SWAT team to Florida to prevent it from happening, but he was unable to prevent them from stealing the election from him. So he saved DeSantis's <laughs> career while yes. ending his own. That's loser
0: <laughs> shit. I'm sorry. Uh, just reading more here from the uh, National Review. It says here, a lesson of the midterms was that association with Trump and stop the steal were liabilities. And no one is more associated with both of those things than Donald Trump himself. Democrats helped choose mega candidates that were eminently defeatable in GOP primaries this year and nominating Trump who Democrats are pining to run against again in 2024 would replicate this experience on a much larger scale. Needless to say, Trump is a magnetic political figure who has managed to bond countless millions of Republicans to him. Many GOP voters appreciate his combativeness and hate his enemies, who so often engaged in excesses in pursuit of him. Once he won the nomination in 2016, they understandably voted for him in 2016 and 2020, given the alternatives. But the primaries won't present a choice between Trump and progressives with calamitous priorities for the nation. But other Republicans who aren't, in contrast to him, monumentally selfish or morally and electorally compromised, and it should be added, won't be 78 years old if elected and ineligible to serve two terms. It's too early to know what the rest of the field will look like, except it will offer much better alternatives than Trump. The answer to Trump's invitation to remain personally and politically beholden to him and his cracked obsessions for at least another two years with all the chaos that entails and the very real possibility of another highly consequential defeat should be a firm, unmistakable no. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to run this program again. Uh, we'll, we'll see if it works. But like I would just say like they're running the program now with a record of trump actually losing that they can sort of bounce it off of uh i do wonder in terms of like the uh, other alternatives being promoted other than Elron de DeSantis, leron de uh you know did you guys see the mike pence interview on 60 minutes where he was just like <laughs> he was like yeah trump tried oh to kill God. me and he was like trump tried to kill me and my family and then they asked him should <laughs> he run for president in 2024 and he's like i think that's up for the voters to decide so look (laughs) if you like if trump wants to run for office on uh, let's execute mike pence for treason (laughs) let's just let americans decide i think that's how i that's how i feel about that god
2: i'll tell you who um will never win even if all the other candidates die mike pompeo
1: yeah who the fuck told him that's a good idea I love that he lost a bunch of weight too. He did the fucking bike. It's like, how yeah. would that work for him, man?
0: <laughs> no, we're in the we're in the era. Mike of
2: big Pompeo boys. is like Mike Pompeo is like the evil president in a Call of Duty game. <laughs> no one is voting for him. That's not happening.
0: I think he's gonna if he loses any more weight he's gonna have that thing where like the loose skin hangs off you like fucking curtains that's gonna be disgusting to look at.
2: Yeah, they're just but there there's no one there there's no one else. You know, there's there's no one who I think um fulfills like um You know, a role equivalent to de Blasio in the first mayoral primary he ran in, where he just kind of he's always there in the background. And then there's just so much drama and collapse that he he's just just by just by the virtue of fidelity, he surges to the to the top of the heap. Eventually, there is no one like that in the Republican primary, Uh, because (laughs) I, I, I do think that could happen. Just, you know, I could see Trump not making it all the way, but him damaging DeSantis enough that no one really wants to vote for him. I could see maybe hypothetically the uh, the 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 prince that was promised, the generic Republican <laughs> rising to the top of the heap. The thing is, that guy doesn't exist, as Matt pointed out in our first uh, post midterm episode. There are no generic Republicans left to do that job. Yeah, just freaks.
0: What about Glenn Blumpkin? who Trump said... I, you see that where Trump said of Glenn Youngkin? He was like, his name yes. sounds Chinese. Yes. And I'm just like, what? Yes. If his name was Young Kim or something, you could be like, maybe it sounds Korean, but Glenn Blumkin, he's China. He's from China. <laughs> that's, that's, by the way, that, that was, that was I mean, the thing go, that uh, Scott Adams, another erstwhile Trump supporter, was like, okay, I'm out. I'm out after he, he defamed Glenn Blumkin by saying his name sounds Chinese. But G- Glenn Blumkin, I think that that may
2: grow to be like a consensus choice, but again, another fucking that's that, that, that they, you, you think you, you're going to win with it. You think that's better than DeSantis. Even that is like, it, that is, you found a worse Mitt Romney. Mm. You found a guy who did nine eleven.
0: 11. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So what about, what about on the, uh, going over to the, uh, the democratic side? Um, I mean, obviously, Biden is, uh, you know, he, he's coming out of these midterms looking pretty strong. But, you know, like when people are asking, like overwhelmingly in exit polls, Democratic voters said that they don't want him to run again in 2024. And he's like, just watch me, Mac. So he's he's feeling himself right now. But like, is there any chance t- like, like we, we and guess what? They'll vote for him
2: again. Yeah. It doesn't <clears throat> matter what they want. Cory Booker in 2020 said you won't have to vote for Biden for president. Guess what happened? <laughs> All these voters y- y- you know you know how Democrats held on to the Senate and kept House losses to the high single digits it was the strength of young people who hate Biden yeah it doesn't yeah. matter they'll fucking vote yep. for him and they better because I don't really think there's anyone a- anyone who could who could do do it better now what about in 2024. yeah I he's really gonna if don't. he wants it
1: if he doesn't die, he will get it because there's no capacity of the Democratic Party to uh, unwedge right. his ass from the White okay. House if they want well, to. Okay, what, it. what, yeah, what Gre- about Goryon? What about
0: gorgeous Gretchen? Gorgeous Gresham? He doesn't
1: want him. Well,
0: Nobody nobody's gonna go she against button. No, nobody's going
1: to uh, provoke that kind of hostility. They become a part they become a wrecker yeah. to the to the to the base of people, the bedwetters who are always just wrapped in front of MSNBC and terrified of someone undermining the Democratic Party. And allowing the Republicans to win again, yeah. Do,
2: do I think that a fucking five eleven milf, you know, who won Michigan by DeSantis numbers, would be a very successful presidential candidate? Of course, I do. I, I, I think, I think she would do massive numbers against Glenn nine eleven blumpkin <laughs> or Elron uh, fadas <laughs> But she doesn't want it because Democrats got to you know? wait her turn. Got to wait her
0: turn. Got to wait your turn. Yeah, Um, but like, okay, so like uh, it was, uh, you know, sort of forecasting ahead to the potential of a Joe Biden, Donald Trump rematch in 2024. Is this the clearest evidence yet that like we are going back in time that like we like the time is now like running backwards and we are just sort of Mm -hmm. regressing like further and further into this like infinite horizon of just like no future, just the same things happening over and over again. Yep. Reboots after reboots. That's all we got. Hey, uh, rap metal is coming back too. <laughs> For serious? Yeah, uh, I hope. Are so. you kidding?
2: I hope don't so. taunt
1: me. Don't taunt me like that. Um,
2: I mean, it's it's kind, of, it's kind of. Don't you think like Takashi 69 is like kind of rap metally, like a little? I wouldn't bit?
1: know. Well, he's back in New York. Uh, Corn is Corn is still uh, touring. I see they're like at,
0: at uh festivals and stuff.
2: Corn never went away.
0: Corn is back. Corn never left. Just uh, one more thing, though, about the uh, the Senate race that's still going on, uh, Warlock and Walker, uh, because there's nothing else to talk about. People have (laughs) turned up some good Walker clips over the last couple days. And uh, maybe Chris can uh, edit this one into the episode. But this is one I hadn't seen before. Uh, He was talking about watching the movie Fright Night and said this to a crowd of people. This is so good. (laughs) He goes, he says, vampires are cool people. Are they not? A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that. So I don't want to be a vampire anymore. I want to be a werewolf. And if we could just edit in the full clip of that, because I, I'm not really I'm not really giving justice to the way he says it. I
1: was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires and cool people, are they not? But I'm gonna tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can
0: kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I want to be a werewolf. But my my question is, is this. I don't remember there were there werewolves in Fright Night because I think Matt. No, I think there's he no may werewolves be talking, in Fright Night. I think he may be talking about Monster Squad. I think maybe that's the movie he's referring to, or maybe Underworld: Rise of the Lycans. Because no, that's No, I think we'll it's Underworld. About, yeah,
1: I think it's Underworld, where, where they cool, where they call the werewolves lycans.
0: Yes, Rise of the Lycans. Yes. So I mean, I I applaud Herschel Walker for upholding spooky season. But um, I mean, at this point, yes, I said I think he would win.
1: And so, you know, I, I have I'm invested in that outcome. But mostly I just want him in the Senate, man. Just th- that does feel like a, uh, a move forward, you know, or downward,
0: yeah. I guess. And uh, there was just an, another clip of Herschel Walker. Uh, this was from 2012. And he's like addressing a room of troops about his football and MMA career. And it's just like his normal rambling, like way of segueing into, he's like, look, if I hadn't, if I hadn't asked for help and gone, gotten the help I needed a hospital, I would have killed my wife. (laughs) So. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So, yeah. I
2: will say that the mo- the the monsters and vampires and werewolves things, it's probably way better than anything he said previously. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I do think I think that's him taking people's advice to moderate. I think someone told him, like, you need to tack to the center for the runoff. And he's like, I got you. No <laughs> long-
0: I like werewolves
2: and vampires.
0: <laughs> it's time, it's time i moderate bring everyone
2: together.
0: I'm no longer I'm, everyone I'm a together. werewolf. <laughs> werewolves, vampires. A monster
2: mash. Next woman I marry. Yeah. Next woman I marry. I'm not going to try to kill her. (laughs) I'm not putting in. If I get if I get married in the future, I will not put an RPG in her mouth to wake (laughs) her up on her birthday.
1: But Felix, I I think one way or another, the wins or loses. This is a green light for OJ to run for office now. (laughs) Like, hey, I I actually pulled it off. (laughs) <laughs> oj might solve the
2: disastrous 2024 senate map
0: he's like i don't know well i can't i can't vote in my own election but i can i'm damn sure stand for you but felix uh, in the clip where he talks about almost killing his wife before he got help i mean he is talking about um his mma career and how fast he can still run a 40 yard dash but yeah you mentioned uh like how many mma fights did Herschel walker have i mean did you follow his mma career at all yes i did I did. Herschel Walker had one MMA fight. It was in 2009.
2: It was in the Strike Force promotion, which was a, a sort of, um, it was below the OC, but it had some very good fighters in it. Um, he fought against a man named Greg Nagy, and he achieved a TKO, a technical knockout, by punching him in the armpit, seemingly <laughs> endlessly. Ouch. Yeah, it was during this fight that um, I became aware of Herschel Walker. Uh, saying that he has never touched a weight in his life, he only does body weight exercises. Like push ups. He only eats soup, salad. Yeah, he 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 does push ups and all types of things. He only eats soup and salad and Ooh, bread. And Panera. And um, yeah, he loves Panera. He he has sort of like a George Clemenceau type diet. <laughs> um, and uh, he um, was the other thing he said. Uh, he does not remember winning the Heisman trophy because that was when he was occupying a different personality. Oh, so
0: he's plural. He's, plur. he's, uh, he's got, what do they call that? Yeah. When you have uh, your head cannon? Headmates. Yeah, headmates. He's got headmates. Yeah. He, hey, one is a vampire, one's a werewolf. You know, together they make a Frankenstein. I, I do
1: think he loses this runoff. I will say. We'll see. I remember one time, a number of years ago, he said that uh, when he watched TV, he would do uh, push-ups. So we would do sit-ups during the commercials. And I always thought, "Wow, oh, that's a smart way to maximize uh, your, ta- your leisure time. Yeah.
0: You're not, just, you're not just a couch potato. You're getting, getting, this, yeah. getting some exercise in. I will say, though, uh, for listeners, you can't see this, but in the speech in front of the troops where he talks about almost killing his wife, he is wearing an Affliction T-shirt. So, you know, <laughs> he's repping the brand. His his brain is certainly afflicted.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna talk about killing your wife, might as well do it in front of those guys. <laughs> they, they love doing
0: that. They, <laughs> they love it. Relate. Yeah. yeah,
2: they're like, got any tips? It's on <laughs> Fort Bragg. They're like, we already know.
0: Yeah, this is at Fort Bragg. He was just like, listen, I I I you know I'll be I'll be thinking about doing murders all the time, but make them look like suicides. And they were like, ding. Well, you know. As funny as it is,
2: I will say that um, talking about werewolves and vampires, totally unbidden after Halloween, is colloquial black Southern English. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) you guys. Yeah, that was so good. Did you guys? That was so good. God bless, God bless Tracy for coming through and saying like he said. He said countless blacks in the South talk like that. I'm just like, I don't think people are making fun of Herschel Walker's accent. I think they're making fun of the things that come out of his mouth. Yeah, I remember going down to the Mississippi Delta and these
2: black guys would not shut up about fucking Dracula.
0: (laughs) Come on, Mike. That's not true. He was working in the lab late one night to fire off that fucking take. I'll say that much. (laughs) (laughs) I got
2: to say, you know, it's been Elon, 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 Elon on Twitter. I'm glad uh, I'm glad Mike threw a banger out there to give us a little change of pace. I love
1: I love the uh, the the contrarian impulse. It's like it, it, it is uh, just dare me to to keep talking until I say something so stupid that my brain actually like unscrews out of my head and pops onto the ground.
2: What I like about it is he says, look, I don't think he's like he's the best Senate candidate. I
1: don't think he should be in the Senate. <laughs> he didn't even but say that. He just said his, he's not the ideal Senate candidate.
2: Yeah. But, you know, it's not because of his, um, you know, inherently black uh, attitude of talking about lichens. <laughs> <laughs> the traditional folkloric black fear of lichens. You know, it's like Jews got dibbits and golems, uh, black people have uh, werewolves and vampires. It's true. Ooh, black be- the eternal black struggle. People- black people ain't having no lichens. Yeah. Okay, that's, ooh, let's reboot the Underworld franchise. <laughs> but it's Jewish people versus black Israelites. <laughs> and the, the Jewish people are obviously have Dybbuk's and Golems and the black people are casting yes. vampires and, it's, and okay. Werewolves. Instead
0: of Kate Beckinsale, we can cast Rachel Sennett now as, as the, the, the Lycan hunter, the, the, Dybbic, no, the Lycan hunter. She's the Dybbuk master.
2: Right. She's a Dybbuk master. Um, is there a sort of like waifish British male actor we could put, he he could play a guy who doesn't know he's matrilineally Jewish. Harry Styles. <laughs> and he, yeah, Harry Styles. Yeah. And he has Gollum powers. And then you could, I mean, any number, any number of actors could play the black Israel, uh, Israelite role. And I think probably all real effects, no CGI. Yeah, for the Rob Dibbakers Boutin, like in Stan
0: Dallas. Winston, R.I.P. <laughs> I think that Stan Winston, is Rob Boutin still yeah. alive? I don't know. But yeah, we're, we're getting him out of retirement to do uh, Underworld Rise of the Dibbics, Underworld Divic War. Final yeah. conflict story by Herschel Walker and uh, Kanye as Dracula. He comes yes. in at the last minute. Everyone loves it. Ooh, sort of like you know Gary Oldman and Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. We'll Get some old age makeup on him. You know he'll, mm-hmm. he'll be like yeah you know, the elder the elder statesman. But do the uh, do black people in this side of the conflict they they have the traditional monsters like Frankenstein's and mummies and werewolves, invisible men, things of that nature. And then they're fighting Jews who have you know the more bespoke uh, Jewish monsters
2: yeah i think that's good and then i think around the second movie we might want to introduce more races um do we want um
1: do we want like latinos to have their own monsters chupacabras yeah you got your chupacabras Chupacabra, uh, uh yeah. La lenora like the lady ghost they got down there Ooh. she's a good one
0: the blessed virgin de guadalupe yeah. one of the yeah. most frightening monsters of all time yeah but she's sort of like she's the heal. She's and the team healer, you know. Like when you're doing when you're doing battlefield battles, she like sort of uses the Guadalupe healing powers to get your HP back up after a monster fight. Yeah, final movie you introduce Asians dragons. Easy done.
1: But like the long
2: the yeah. long well, kind well, of dragons. Ton, they have,
0: yeah, they have tons of stuff. Water they creatures.
1: Stuff. They got all kinds of stuff. And then uh, white the Japanese white yeah. people have the police. That's Ooh. what they get. Just a bunch of cops. Yeah, that's right. I said it orcs I,
0: I, I white think, people have orcs white people are orcs yeah, yeah. well the, okay i th- I think
2: white people's too broad of a category how about we uh, we're, uh, and asians is too we're gonna need japanese people for the third movie because they have like 150 types of ghosts yeah, that's true that's they're all
1: really them. like
0: we're all really like boutique kinds of ghosts too like the one that sits on your balls and steals yeah. your sperm when the western wind is right. sort of wailing or something like that got, like, yeah like japanese foxes. people
2: they have like yeah, they have all types of animal spirits. They have like a ghost for sperm jacking. They have a ghost for like accounting. They have all kinds have of all like crones of
0: too, like evil old crones. There's yeah, a lot of good got good ones of those in Japanese mythology.
2: But then post credits or mid credit roll, we introduce the final combatant Germans. Oh boy, and they have a ton of like forest spirits. A little bit of that Varg Viken's religion that he has.
0: Lord of the Rings.
2: <laughs> I think I think we got a franchise here.
0: I mean, shit. GQ just profiled us and are are, are are selling out the Hollywood. So just throw this in the ideas tank. Yeah, rebooting the underworld franchise. Okay, racial I-
1: monster war. This is a fucking people. <laughs> right. All they want are franchises now. This right. is this, this one is like can run, 10 run movies minimum. I mean, yeah. the new fucking Black Panther yeah, movie. movie
0: is a fucking race war. apparently. Yes. It's like, it's, yes, it's the ancient Aztecs, Aztecs versus uh, Wakandans, uh, Wakandans. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all magic. They all yeah. have superpowers.
2: No. Yeah. If you are in Hollywood, we are optioning race war,
1: <laughs> our new franchise. God, just call it that just <laughs> race war. Who's not going to see that in this day and Everyone age? Everyone wants to know. Yeah
2: everyone remembers being on the schoolyard after you got done playing sperm wars talking about which race has the best monsters.
0: Yeah. But if you are, uh, if you are a person of the Caucasian persuasion, please do not see race war the opening weekend uh, because there are, no, there are many. Yeah. yeah, no, there there are many Oni Babas that need to be in the theater to experience it firsthand without you talking over the fucking movie asking, is it okay to laugh at this? Is it okay to root for the, the Japanese sperm and ghost? No, it's not. Okay. It's not stay in your lane. You
1: have to root for the white ghost. You have to root for the ghost of your particular ethnicity. Sorry. Yeah. Can't appropriate other creatures.
0: Oh, uh the Irish, we could get in some changelings. I mean leprechauns are a little played out, but the changeling, that, that's a that's a good Irish uh monster. You know, it's a baby. Oh yeah, they like got yours, banshees. Yeah, banshees. They got leprechauns. You got you can bring back the leprechaun. What's Warwick Davis doing? Bring him in there as a the leprechaun. <laughs> All right, Hollywood, do your thing. Underworld, rise of the Divics. Underworld, race war. Let's do it. All right, uh, let's leave it there for today's show. Yeah. Until next time. Do we have, any, do we have anything more to plug, Chris? Uh, I think that's it. And if you want to know
1: all about all of the stuff that we just announced, there's a post on the Patreon blog uh, that you can see. And it'll tell you how to do the annual subscription, where you, where and when you can find Hell on Earth. And uh, Hinge Point should already be in your Grey Wolf feed. If you're a subscriber, so that's all oh, we got.
0: Here's a here's a good sales line for Hell on Earth. Hell on Earth, now in podcast form. <laughs> Ooh. There we go. Alright, uh yeah, and uh cash out on that uh that limited time offer for an annual subscription. Save money. All right, till next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Suddenly to my surprise he did the mash. He did the Monster mash. The Monster mash.
1: It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a
0: flash He did the mess He did the monster From my laboratory in the castle east To the monster